Hello and welcome to the Breaking Free podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Francis. And today I'm very grateful and very humbly joined by Barry. Barry is a... Barry Green, actually. Barry Barry's a community radio host over in Western Australia. He's got a very impressive resume. He does a lot of community radio. Um, Barry seeks to provide a forum for people to engage with one another in conversation, to share community interests and information, to raise awareness and strengthen and reinvigorate storytelling. So... That's sort of what, what Barry's done. He has a pretty aw- aw- awesome story. He's a conversationalist. He holds some uh, interest and actually was reading the article Barry sent me and I highlighted this quote in it and I'm going to read it out. Barry is a spirited conversationalist who holds some interesting and unorthodox opinions. I look forward to hearing some of those today. Welcome, Barry. Welcome to my show. Good to have you here. A couple of Aussies. Um, been interesting last three years, but... I think there's a way out. So it's it's good that you're doing the community radio stuff. I'm looking forward to hearing about your story today, mate. So let's 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 get cracking. Yeah, this being recorded at the end of uh, 2023, I think 2024 is going to be a fantastic year. I think it'll be a Berlin Wall type year. You know, <laughs> when the people in this East Germany stood up against the Stasi, uh, things change. And uh, in Australia, really, it's the doctors that have got to stand up against the Stasi that's been holding them back but i think that's starting to happen and uh it's, it's, it's about the conversations and that article you referred to uh that was in our local preston press our local newspaper um local media especially in regional australia has been pretty much taken over and shut down by the corporations but uh you know we're rebuilding it and community radio across australia is uh, is vitally important for that it reason is. it is you went. You recently went to a conference too over in over in South Australia. You want to tell my listeners about that as well? Yeah, well, um, I guess if I can explain the, the community radio, I'm chairman of Donnybrook Bailing Up Community Radio. I was one of the founders of that, uh, and uh, community radio stations across Australia operate. Uh, they can only be operated by not-for-profit organisations. They're not private as such. Um, and uh, CBAA, the Community Broadcast Association of Australia, is the it's the sort of sector representative body uh, that talks to government. And uh, government seems to recognise the importance of community radio in providing a local voice and uh, and diverse voices. Um, my own business is uh, Western Tourist Radio, which also operates with ACMA licences, Australian Communication and Media Authority. Those licences are what they called LPO or low power open narrowcast so they're low power transmitters they have a limited range and that has been hard to explain to people so as a rule on 87.6 fm in east perth and the tourism towns in the southwest of western australia um and the the, the those licenses as i say are called low power means they don't go terribly far open means anybody can listen narrowcast means that you know not everybody will want to listen so they're used for things like Christian broadcasters use them a lot. Uh, the TAB uses them, uh, different ethnic groups. Uh, and tourist radio is an approved format, when, uh, uh, which is what we've stuck with. And I see that very much as a, a local storytelling medium. And I'm very much inspired by Aboriginal culture and Aboriginal storytelling because their culture's gone for tens of thousands of years. And uh, that's been based on the storytelling and uh, 
I, I absolutely think the Australian government should be listening to Aboriginal people. I, I'm not sure we need to change the constitution to do that. I think in a democracy, the government should listen to all people, including the vaccine injured. Um, but uh, the, the Aboriginal people recognise the, the knowledge of their elders. Um, and not every, you don't become an elder just by being old. I think from, and I don't claim to be an expert, from what I can make out of Aboriginal culture, they sort of select the past smartest people who become their leaders. In our culture, the, the leaders seem to be old blokes with the most money, which isn't necessarily the best uh, people you want to lead you. 100%. <laughs> Couldn't have put it any better myself, man. Spot on. It's uh, So how did you get involved in the community radio and how did all this come about for you? Because, I don't know, your caper, your community radio, it's sort of... Um, I guess a lot of people have got the tech now. It's sort of like podcasting and stuff, um, sort of community radio, sort of. I still believe that there's something for it. And, yeah, I just want to hear more about how all this, how all this started for you, mate. And then we'll talk about well, community I radio. Guess, yeah. My, my, I trained as a radio tech in the, you know, in the valve days. I was a technician with the Department of Aviation. Uh, and in that job, I worked uh, in airports, uh, Northwest and, uh, we spent two years on Cocos Island, uh, which was, uh, that was really interesting. And on Cocos, we had effectively a community radio of a plonk in the middle of the Indian Ocean. Um, they had one little radio station. And most of the time that took Radio Australia off air from HF Radio or Shortwave, rebroadcast that. But there was a studio there where people could go in and do their own show. And uh, 12 o'clock every weekday, we had the Cocos Island News, which is essentially a gig guide of what was happening. And I just saw it was such a powerful community building tool. So I, that's always been in my mind. And after I left the Department of Aviation, we settled back in the southwest. I got a job with uh, GWN Television, which was a commercial station based in Bunbury that used to broadcast all over regional Western Australia. And uh, once we got a job down here, I was able to, we, we were able to buy a farm. And I'd always, my wife and I both grew up on farms and we'd, sort of look, looking for to give our kids the opportunity to grow up on a farm. So anyway, we bought our farm in 1988 um, and I commuted to Bunbury, to, to GWN. And then uh, we had a, an old house on the farm, which in about 2000 we renovated to use as a farm stay. Um, and so I sort of became involved in tourism through that. And then I could see the writing on the wall. There wasn't going to be a job at GWN much longer. So I was looking at other things and I became aware of tourist radio stations in the Southwest. And um, anyway, uh, I, I was I, I was sort of introduced to the, the bloke who operated the stations and uh, uh, said I was looking for something else to do. So I, I convinced my wife to borrow the money to buy Western Tourist Radio against her better judgment. And, of course, she was right. But anyway, we kept going. Um, so we've had the business 22 years, and it's made no money. So I'm a bit of a mug businessman. But the reason I persevered with it is that way back in 2001, we bought the tourist radio stations, and we'd uh, we'd created a website. And I, I saw the two going hand in hand, and I employed the, the uh, services of a local SEO company, Search Engine Optimization, and uh, employed, invited them out to our place and we were having a barbecue up at our dam. And Graham explained to me that 
this is in 2001, remember, that mm. Google had become the most successful search engine because they'd figured in any subject area, the website with the most sites linking to it uh, was must be the most relevant. So it came up in the rankings. And to me, this was a light globe moment. I thought, this is going to change the world because there's an opportunity for the best information to come to the top, not the not the information with the most money to spend on advertising. And, and, and that had been... Since uh, you know, since the sixties, fifties uh, and sixties, commercial television had been the most powerful communication tool in the Western world. Um, and while people say there's a lot of crap on the internet, and they're right, there's a lot of crap in the commercial media. The only difference is only people with lots of money can put their crap on the on the old media, whereas anybody can put their crap on the internet. And of course, uh, you know, people people aren't stupid. Some are, but you know, People can figure out crap, or some people can figure out what's crap and, and what's what's real. And this this uh, this is the reason I persevered because I think what's happening, although you know the 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 old elites are trying to reclaim it, but I I don't think they're going to. The fact that you can put up this podcast, we can have this conversation from one side of the country to the other. You share our story, we share your story. That's how we get around the gatekeepers. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. 100%. What sort of awoke you to all this stuff? Like, was it the last three years or were you always, as as it's been quoted here, unorthodox and interesting, Barry? <laughs> well, I guess um, 2018, I was pretty depressed about the ways of the world. We were doing the Regen Ag thing or organic agriculture. And we went to Perth, uh, or actually Fremantle, there's an event in Perth called Healthy Soils, Healthy Communities. And it was organised by... Uh, Perth NRM, National Resource Management, ECU, uh, health people there, and uh, and Heart Foundation of all things. And the guest speaker <laughs> was Charles Massey, the author of a book called The Rewarbler: A New Agriculture and New Earth. And that was sort of a that was another tipping point in my life, I think, because I I read Charlie's book, and it was like you know I read his book like some people read the Bible, and yeah. and every time I read it, I got something different out of it. And because I'm involved in community radio, CBAA used to run a thing called National Features and Documentary Series, which was an opportunity for people involved in community radio to be mentored to to produce a documentary. So I put in a a, a submission to do a thing, a program with Charlie, um, which came to pass. And uh, that program we called Healthy, Healthy Soils, Healthy Communities, and it's still on the CBAA website. And in that conversation, uh, we start, Charlie started talking about glyphosate and the health problems of glyphosate, mm. how it's finding its way into mother's milk and all this. And yeah. I, I made the, ob- I made the ob- observation, well, that's interesting because in the case of tobacco, people chose to consume that product, but we're all consuming glyphosate and don't know it. Mm-hmm. He said, well, that's exactly right. He said, well, what's happened? The, the chemical companies have are operating from the playbook of the tobacco industry. They don't deny anything. They just sow that. And that sort of helped me see once this whole um, vaccine caper started, this is exactly the playbook that the pharmaceutical industry is operating from. And uh, we no longer have a health industry. We have a, a sickness industry. And and the companies that are causing sickness are the same companies that are you know, selling all these processed foods uh, and sugary foods and uh, all this gunk uh, that's making people sick. Now, mm-hmm. the 
whole regenerative agriculture thing is really exciting because the internet's provided a mechanism for independent scientists to work with innovative farmers and we're finding we can get much better results because if you look at what's happened to agriculture especially since the second world war all the research has been done by the corporations looking at ways to sell stuff to farmers what's happening with regen ag is this collaboration between scientists and farmers, we're finding we don't need all this crap. If we, if we work with Mother Nature, instead of beating her over the head with a stick, we can get much better output, we get, get nutritious food mm. and, and not spend so much. And uh, as Charlie explains, it's sort of, well, I guess there's two parts to this, or well, there's many parts to it, it's complex. Um, we, we've had this sort of... Uh, since von Liebig discovered plants take up soluble nutrients back in the 18 something hundreds, um, we've had this idea that um, we've got to put all these nutrients there. And, and if they're not there, we've got to put them there. But but what the whole soluble nutrient thing, um, you know, we, we chuck on NPK, nitrogen, phosphate and potassium, and things fly out of the ground. Um, but if you understand the way plants work, we do need soluble fertilizer we need soluble nutrients but in a natural or organic soil the those nutrients are soluble but attached to the soloids colloids in the soil they're not floating around in the water and plants have drinking roots and feeding roots uh, and in a natural soil if the plant wants water it draws water and if it wants the, the nutrients it wants it draws what it wants from the, the soil when we chuck on npk fertilizers the poor old plant goes to get a drink, gets all this NPK and grows lush. And we think, geez, aren't us, aren't us black, white fellas clever? This plant's twice as big as it used to be. But you know, people who live on Coke and Big Mac grow to a spectacular size as well. And, you know, just being big doesn't make it healthy. Um, and then in nature, pests and diseases seek out the weaker specimen. So, you know, we create a whole paddock full of diseased plants and then turn to the same people who sold us the fertilizers for a chemical solution. And that's the business model that's driven this thing. And it, it especially kicked off it after the Second World War mm. when, as Charlie says, these big corporations had plants making nitrogen for explosives. And so what are we going to do with these bloody things? Ah, oh, no, we'll, we'll sell it to farmers and call it fertilizer. And if you chuck nitrogen fertilizer, urea and other forms, you know, things fly out the ground. There's no two ways about it. But but nitrogen fertilizer is like the doll for the soil. It, it it destroys the soil biology. And and so this is a situation we've got into. And we've you know, we've been convinced we need all this stuff to feed the world, but in actual fact, that's the business model that it's built on. And that's what's making people sick. So you you've got this this situation and, and you talk about it you now we, we've got to make our own decisions and choose what we eat because all this stuff food like material corporations are selling that's what's leading to the sickness 100%. and uh it's 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 genocide in slow motion yep yeah you're spot on it's spot on and it's, and it's and it's not real food either it's like the organic farmers are getting shit on at, at, at the moment and i know where i live up up here in queensland like my brother and I, we go to the markets on on a Saturday, and we suss out the the organic farmers and just you know support them and buy them and buy the good the good quality food off them and talk to them and let and just say you know that they're doing such 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 a great job because at the moment you know these big big companies these big businesses they're trying to trying to steer them away trying to make them go bankrupt I guess you know it's um it's interesting 
what they're doing to the world at the moment. And a lot of people go to these supermarkets and think that it's real food, but 95% of the food in there's not, you know, it's crazy. Yep. Well, I think, you know, Australia led the world in standing up the tobacco industry. Um, and, uh, you know, we've got the lowest smoking rates and, and that's really got up the nose of the corporations. And, you know, they've pretty much taken over the government so that we talk about following the science. The science knows that, <laughs> That, excuse me. Yeah. That, uh, that this this stuff really isn't isn't fit for purpose. Um. But because the you know we've we've got this regulatory capture really. So the government's been taken over by the corporations. And you know you've got this situation. A small producer wants to produce some sort of food. There's all sorts of regulatory requirements that they've got to meet to ensure it's it's you know it is it's it's safe. But the stuff the corporations are producing. It's food like material. It, it bears no relationship to the to the sort of what what your, your grandparents or your great grandparents grew up on, and you know we're told, oh look, people are getting older despite all this. But in actual fact, the people are getting into the seven eighties and nineties. They weren't eating this crap as kids, um, and that's why they're getting into those those big numbers. This period of time, we're going to see that, that you know the. The, the current generations aren't going to live as long as their parents. And if they do, the cost of keeping them alive is going to be horrendous. So it's a basic economic thing. And at some point, the government's going to have to, to wake up to itself because we've, you know, the government's subsidising the fitness industry, but we're managing food on the basis of down, down on price. You know, Houston, we have a problem. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so see how that goes. Yeah, what do you see happening in the future for our, oh, do you see a collapse of this current system that everyone's talking about? Do you see this system collapsing and people like us are going to build something better for the next g generations? Cause I know that the system that's currently here is not going to be here forever. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, but we have got the existing system and I think it's a matter of working with it. And, uh, um, while you might like the system and it's, um, Gerard Rennick is a liberal senator. Um, watching him on Hoodie. Are you familiar with Hoodie? Graham Hood? No, no, Graham Hood, yeah. Yeah, well, he's fantastic. But when uh, Hoodie had him on last time, uh, Gerard was saying, you know, look at all the thousands of people that march uh, in these sort of so-called freedom rallies. Um, but there's only something like 10,000 people in the Liberal Party. And so, you know, if, if people on mass join the political parties, we can change it because that's it, a situation is, is, is sort of broken at the moment because it's, you know, they're, they're the gatekeepers. But we, mm -hmm. we, we can uh, at, at some point um, that we, the political parties will change. Now, I think they're, they're, we, we've really got a government by focus group at the moment, so they keep saying what they want, think people want to hear. But I, I think this year there's going to be a tipping point. Mm -hmm. People are waking up to the fact that we've been conned and uh, and the government, their politicians will be looking for a way to add of the manure they've dug themselves into. 100%. Yeah, interesting. Um, interesting times ahead. I think it's very, very exciting times ahead for us. I don't, I see us actually re reclaiming our power and, turning the tables and you know we've always had the power we there's more of us than there is of them and that's and that's our power and it's up to us to help people and empower people to remember that we have always had the power and we've always had the power to say no too absolutely you and you know that we're having this conversation because i was introduced to you by uh, 
Amy from the the Light Australia newspaper, and I watched your interview with uh, with Oates and Amy, and it was fantastic. And what I loved about that interview, it was the, the juxtaposition as an old journalist and a young lady, and uh, you know, so there's there's the two extremes, and and old people do know stuff, mm. uh, and while it is the, the the future is young people. Um, we've got to learn from us us old blokes because we do know some stuff I agree uh, that maybe you that you you maybe don't know that you don't know exactly (laughs) I learned a lot from Jerry in in that chat and for people that are that are interested I'll put the link to that conversation with Jerry and Amy in the bottom of this one and yeah Jerry stole the show in that conversation he he was awesome Jerry we'll give him a shout out (laughs) well I I had uh, Jerry on my community radio show in about April Talking about the Light Australia newspaper. Yeah, I listen it to it. Bad. Mm. And and this is this is community media. It's grassroots, bottom up stuff. Mm. And, uh, and and you know Charlie Massey's been my inspiration in region ag. He says that change has got to come from the bottom up. It simply can't come from top down because the people at the top have fought to get there and they like it the way it is. But as you say, there's a lot more of us than them. And uh, you know the, the change doesn't have to be pitchforks. The change will come by where we choose to spend our money. Exactly. That's that's what's going to decide it. And you know, as far we you know bought some fruit and veg in the shop the other day, and we got a whole box full of stuff for twenty dollars. And if you go into the supermarket you, for twenty dollars, you get a you know maybe a Mars bar and a <laughs> and a Tim Tam, all of which will make you crook. Yeah. So you know, we, we, there is a there is absolutely a problem at the moment of cost of living, and you know people are struggling to pay for the food, but you know, it's just a matter of choice of what you choose to spend your money on. Uh, the the advertising by these corporations is have you believed that you know we need to eat their crap? Um, but that's a problem. And at some point, the Australian government's going to have to wake up to itself and uh, and and because it's sending itself broke. Um, you know, so keeping sick people, you know, not keeping them alive, but but you know, trying to. Keep, well, it is basically keeping it alive, but we, we've got to get back to addressing the cause, and that's most health problems come from food. And uh, and uh, Dr. Neil Benson, who's a doctor in Bunbury, uh, has written a book called On the Origins of Diseases. Uh, I've interviewed him, and I understand Jerry's doing a review of his book in the next edition of The Light Australia, which comes out, I believe, on the 25th of, uh, of January next year, so that's one to look forward to. Um. But this, this is, you know, this is the exciting thing of the old independent media. We're talking each other up, mm. you know, and, and this is uh, in, in another life uh, involved, involved in permaculture. And the key concept of permaculture is stability through diversity, which is completely at odds with the economic model of the last 60 years, which has been economy scale. And, and the two are, the opposite so we're creating an incredibly efficient system that's fundamentally flawed and so if you've got you know one player goes down the whole system's broken the, the concept of stability through diversity which is what we used to have when we had a private enterprise system when we had lots of small farmers and lots of small shops and it, you know if somebody provided a good service their business would go well if they provided a service their business would go belly up which is how it should be but when you allow a handful of companies so much control, it's it's da- downright dangerous. Mm. It is. 
Very, 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 very much so. And that's and that's what's and that's what this what's what this system is. It relies on us being sick, doesn't it? <laughs> and the system yeah, can't you know, the system can't keep going if we're all taking control of our health and you know, we've got the health back in our hands, you know, that's that's not gonna do that system any good at all. And that's why they give us these meds and give us all this stuff that's just keeping us sick and keeping us keeping us down, you know. Absolutely right. And it's fantastic that you're saying that because if at some point, you know, like the government used to say that. They used to say don't buy tobacco. Mm. Uh, they don't say that anymore because they've been bought by tobacco, so it appears. But, um, you know, coming from you, people of your generation are likely to pay attention to you. Whereas uh, if this comes out as a government announcement, it'll be ignored. And And this is what's so important about what you're doing. And you know, with 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 agriculture and, and the soil, like a, a whole civilization is based on the soil. However tech savvy we might be, um, all our food comes from the soil. And mm. if you look at history, I've seen several accounts saying this that you know throughout history there've been twenty six major civilizations that have collapsed when they've destroyed their soils locally. And when you destroy a soil, you don't suddenly run out of food. But the nutrition declines, and then you yes. end up with all sorts of physical and mental problems, and the thing spirals down. Now, we're doing that globally, which is all a bit mm. depressing. But what gives me hope is that the internet's allowing us to have these conversations. And so th th this is what's going to drive change. Um, don't look to the government. They're the problem, not the solution. I agree. I agree with that. I think I think they're the problem and they're creating the problems to bring in their solution. I think I think us in numbers is the solution. I think if we all came together, that's pretty that's pretty powerful. If we all came together and just came came here, just put our pitchforks down, put our knives down, and said, right, let's all come together for freedom." You know, there's a lot of power in that, and our team's building. There's a lot more people that are starting to awaken to the truths that exist within this within this realm that we live in and within themselves too. And yeah, it's an interesting time. We're in an interesting time and I'm very excited for it. The next, these next 10 years are going to decide what's going to be happening for the next hundred. So I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be good. How do you see it? Oh, my connection. Yeah, you're right. Mm. Uh, that might be my end. We've got satellite. If you want to keep going or shall I, I'll, I'll try No, we're right. I think internet. We're still all right yep. now. I think I th we're still going all right. We can hear you, so. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I think 2024 uh, could be a Berlin year type. Yeah, I've said that already. Yeah. Berlin wall type year. Yeah. So I'm repeating myself. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's all right, <laughs> mate. <laughs> we don't mind that. I think, yep. I think, I think uh, a lot of people are going to, I think more and more people are going to start joining our side and, Starting to awaken into some truths, I think. I think there's going to be some more stuff coming out, and it'll be interesting how it all plays out. I reckon. Yeah, and I guess you know that we we've been uh, we've been vilified for questioning this thing. So it's you know we've got a, and this is what what I love about Hoodie. You know, he said that we we are where we're at. We it, and while we've been given a hard time by the other side, we've got we, we you know it's not the Anzac thing to leave injured soldiers on the field. So we've got a. We've got to support people that have been damaged by these injections yeah. and, uh, and and find a way forward. And, you know, there's some great scientists out there that can work on this. And, uh, you know, that, that if we get back to first principles, you know, the radio tech in me knows to fix a problem, you've got to address the cause. And all health 
almost all health problems start with the food. Um, one, one of the interviews Hoodie had was uh, with a doctor or professor, Ian Brighthope, who's a professor of, of, uh, of uh, health, um, nutritional medicine, I think. And, and basically what he was saying was that if, and he tried to communicate this to the government, if, the gov if we supplemented people with vitamin C, vitamin D and zinc, this thing wasn't a problem. Well, that was my experience. We went to a naturopath. We took all those things. We both had COVID in May last year. It was pretty much a non-event. I was bloody lethargic for a few days, but that was all. And then in December last year, I had a sore throat and a runny nose. And because our kids were due to fly somewhere, I thought oh, I better just check before I go and see them. And that tested positive for COVID. Uh, so as far as I'm concerned, um, you know, the, the, my immune system dealt, dealt with the thing because it knew how to. Um, the second time I had it, to say it was what in the old days you'd have called a sore throat and a runny nose. Yeah, cold. Yeah, yep. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't yep. it? Um, what sort of awoke you to the whole last three years? Did you see through the rubbish that were, that were being told, or how did all how did all that play out for you? Especially being on a community radio, did you get a chance to well, speak about it? Yeah, I did. I, yeah. Well, early in the piece, I, I sort of thought it was real. Although I had, when we were all shut down, I was watching things and Dr. John Campbell was one that I was watching. Uh, once the vaccine started coming out, that's when the alarm bells, I, I didn't see it to start with until, you know, the, the, the reaction to the, the, the vaccines and how they created the vaccine so quick. Um, I started talking about it in February last year on my community radio show. Uh, and uh, and I've compiled all of those into a playlist, which I'm calling Doctors and Nurses with Voices. And, and that stood the test of time pretty well. The thing that really worked me out, the reason I didn't, I chose not to get the jab. And we had to close our farm stay in, uh, in October 2021. We made the decision, well, we weren't going to take any bookings after January 2022 because it, now, we had a great 2021. COVID was kept out of Western Australia. And if you didn't want to go out of Western Australia, it was great. Um, <laughs> just didn't didn't have any issues. Um, but then, of course, once Omicron got here, it got a bit messy. But what really brought it home to me, the reason I didn't get the jab, because I, you know, people say, oh, viruses of uh, vaccines have saved us from all sorts of diseases, which I was a bit dubious about. But and and maybe they have done something for stable diseases, but I just couldn't see the point of getting a vaccine for a rapidly evolving disease. You, you just can't compare a vaccine for something like smallpox with something you know like the flu. Mm -hmm. um, and and uh, and then when the premier Mark McGowan stood up and just before the borders were due to open in February last year, and he got up and he said, "Oh, all crap going down over east. We're going to keep the borders shut for a bit." longer and he said if you've had two vaccines you've got four percent protection against omicron uh, get the third one or you're an idiot grow a brain uh, well that was it that's what you know i i did have respect for mcgowan early in the police i thought he made some good decisions but that was that was it you know i'm not a bloody idiot mate i've got a 65 years of age without becoming dependent on the pharmaceutical industry and you're calling me an idiot uh anyway turns out i was right because i didn't need the bloody vaccine anyway uh, and the proposition of the mandates was that it would stop the spread. Well, it clearly didn't stop the spread. Uh, and, and these people that forced this on the population need to be held to account. Um, 
so anyway, I started talking about it. A, a big one, um, painful lady with the great, I have great respect for is Dr. Judy Wileyman. Uh, her book, Vaccination, was based on her thesis. That was actually printed in January 2022, uh, 2020. Uh, there's no mention of COVID in it. It was all printed before that. But it's mm. exactly um, what, what she's talking about. And I had her on the show in April last year. Uh, and that interview stood the test of time pretty well. And I was saying, you know, just talking about it, I'm talking about it with some trepidation. Mm. Now, that shouldn't be the way in Australia. We're a liberal democratic country. Why the hell can't we talk about something? It, it's not science if you can't talk about it. Yeah. As, as Judy said, if you can't talk about it, it's religion, not science. Mm. Now, in saying that, uh, I made no disrespect to Christianity, uh, but Christianity, mm. I've come to see, is quite different to religion. Mm. I'm not. I'm not one bit religious, you know. I was born and raised a Catholic, but I've turned my back on religion since I found out what they were doing behind closed doors. I was like, I'm not involved in that anymore. Well, that's <laughs> what. This is what I find so interesting about Hoodie because he's coming at it from a very, very, very Christian perspective, and uh, I, that's what I say. I see Christianity is different to religion. Mm. Now, Christianity, and and in fact, most religions in their origins guided the, the different societies as you know like aboriginal culture their storytelling has guided their cultures they only became a problem when the, the, you know i guess the populations grew and and uh, you know different ideologies bumped into one another and the old blokes at the top uh, were all about power and and yeah. that's that's the problem there's there's nothing fundamentally wrong and you know i was brought up going to sunday school and the 10 commandments and all that and there's nothing wrong with that that's a that's you know that's a good thing um but it, it's it's the, it's the corporatized religions uh are just like any other corporation and and you know the fact that these 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 churches came out and, and pushed this agenda that's that's as far as i'm concerned that's the, you know destroyed the, their uh, reputation. Mm. Yeah, it was interesting. All the, uh, you know, they stopped people actually, well, they did, they stopped people gathering in all sorts of ways, didn't they, for the last couple of years. They didn't want, they didn't want people talking and you were talking about before about how, um, you know, they don't want people, they didn't want people talking, uh, just questioning things. And it was interesting because from when I was a kid, I, we used to have like debates and stuff. There'd be a uh, like an affirmative side and and a ne and a negative side. You know, you come together and you hear both sides. It was interesting the last three years when you were when I had when I was watching a bit of the news. There was always it was like the one side. It was always this thing here, take this prick, and then anyone that was questioning it was a crazy theorist, conspiracy theorist that had a tinfoil hat on. It's like. And they never, and you know, they had the they had the doctors and stuff come on, but they were still pushing the one thing. They didn't have any of the doctors that were speaking up that were getting silence come on to debate the to have the other side. We, we sort of lost our way with that. And it was one thing I I noticed. I was like, hang on a minute, like we used to always have at least someone else questioning the other person that was pushing it, and then obviously they would label them crazy and different things and try and discredit that person. But at least there was a a debate so people heard both sides this was just pushing one narrative and yeah, that's sort of well, I was like that, that's 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 sus like that's that's not okay either absolutely and that's just what you know like i said with the interview with judy wileyman i i just couldn't believe that our abc was vilifying those of us lateral thinkers who were questioning 
this vaccine. Mm. You know, the the ABC supports all sorts of minority groups, and those of us that are questioning the vaccine were a minority group. Yeah. And our ABC was vilifying us. Yeah. Uh, I used to consider myself a bit left of centre, and I used to love the ABC. Look, me and many others have no longer respect the ABC. How can you respect an organisation that uses taxpayers' funds to vilify a portion of the population? It's yeah. beyond comprehension. It was bad. Yeah, it was like every every company that was that way inclined over the world did it too. I, I, yeah, it's just crazy, wasn't it? Interesting times. They, you know, and as you said before too, like if you had the uh, long term thinking like I did, this whole thing wasn't around forever. Like you just got to just ride the wave of it. And I was, I sort of could see the forest and the trees very early. So I put myself in a position where I was able to sidestep the attacks. I wasn't able to, you know, I, I didn't get that thing either, but there was a lot of people that were like, Oh no, just want to go. Well, a lot of people my age, mate, I'm just going to be honest with you. A lot of people my age just wanted to go to the pub. Like they never had, that was their only reason for getting it. Oh, I just want to go back to the pub. It's like, well, you can go to the pub next year when all this is over, but no one had the foresight yep, yep. or the long-term thing. And you're like, well, this isn't going to be around forever. They can't push people like us out of society forever it's just not going to happen and yeah i would always you know say to people i'd say you know this isn't around forever like just see it out like just ride it out but no nah, it was the pub to travel to do all these things that you can still do now anyway it's only a couple of years later yeah. <laughs> well so many people took it just so they could pay the mortgage yeah you know and and uh that that's 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 not how it should be in a so-called liberal democracy um, and uh, and then of course you know there are problems with it. Now I guess you know that they'd argue they they didn't know it was going to pan out this way. But in January 2022, I heard once on the ABC News a UK doctor saying now Omicron had arrived. Um, it's so transmissible there's no stopping it. It's relatively mild. It's the end of the pandemic. But we still had Australian governments enforcing mandates and. And, you know, this in Western Australia, a significant proportion of the population got the jab for a disease that never got here. And and as for the prime minister of the time indemnifying the pharmaceutical industry. He had money. Why the hell? Why the hell would you ever take a, a product from a company that's been indemnified from responsibility of that product? Exactly. And at the same time. We've got situations where community organisations are held to all sorts of degrees of accountability, volunteer organisations, and these companies that were profiteering uh, are indemnified. Mm. It's beyond comprehension. And, yeah. you know, it'll play itself out in the courts and uh, uh, yeah, that system, yeah. But, but it, you know, it, it's, it's woken people up to the fact that, you know, the, 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 the medical profession is completely out of order um, there's some good medical people, the doctors and amps, or the, the, you know, they're going to lead us out of this mess. And uh, and if we get back to uh, uh, eating decent food, and uh, then we won't have to spend so much on sickness industry, and we'll be able to rebuild our communities with money to spend on uh, on schools and uh, and uh, music festivals, which would be much better for mental health than uh, than than antidepressants and uh, psychologists. And Maccas and KFC and Subway. <laughs> Kansas Fried Cat and all that stuff. It, yeah. it all starts it all starts in, in the school system though. Like I I saw it I saw us all 
I, when I, from my observation of the last three years, that in school we're programmed to look up at authority, all right? You got the principal standing up on this stage or this thing in assembly. And what were we all doing looking at Dan Andrews or looking at ScoMo or looking at uh, your bloke, McGowan? Everyone's looking up at authority. They had their blue ties on, their red ties on, or their blue suit. And they were, you know, people were following their lead the way you follow it, follow at school. It's like this whole system. Like I just, yeah, I see us building another system that's got humanity's best interests at heart because this current system doesn't have our best interests at heart. And it's the whole system. It's not just not just the medical, it's not just the education, it's the food, it's the water, it's it's everything. It's big tech, it's the whole lot, mate. I see us building something better. And if this system wants to will is to stay here, great. But I see us just turning our back on it and just building something better because I think and feel and I know in my heart that humanity needs something better than what's currently being served up. I'm sure you're right. And I've been saying, you know, it's a matter of seeing this, the, the silver lining behind every cloud. And I've been saying for some time, I think COVID's been sent to save us because it's <laughs> exposed the complete overreach of the pharmaceutical yeah. industry over our government. Yeah. It, it wasn't as obvious before, but it is now. And as for ARPRA, you know, the regulator, health regulator, you know, that, that organisation's completely out of order. And, you know, the science, this idea that you don't question the science is, is ridiculous. You know, yeah. it, you've got to question it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a corrupt so, system. It's all about money. Absolutely. Yep. And um, if humanity and, uh, was taking care of themselves and was eating the right food and were looking after themselves, then this system wouldn't even be here anyway because it profits off our sickness. And that's why yep. it's it's still currently here. The more people that take care of themselves, take back their power, take back their health, the more this system will start to crumble. Yeah, which it already is now yep. anyway. Like it, you it know, is. Queen Queensland are knocking back to four days a week of school because there's no teachers up here. Teachers are turning their back on this system in droves. Yeah, it's happening now. And it's a it's a problem. You know, like I've been involved in Lions all my adult life and community organisations, and I think they're vitally important, but. Community can do stuff, whereas if, if if they don't do it, the government does it, and that that's a problem. Yes. I joined Lions in in 1980, uh, and the guest speaker at that meeting I joined at in Robin was a pom, and he said it's great to see so many active community service organisations in Australia, and at that stage in Donnybrook we had Apex and Rotary, and then a bit later Lions was formed. So we, you know we had three community service organisations. And what I spoke saying in, in the UK, this is 1980, government's come in and filled a lot of functions that used to be done by the community service organisations and they've gone by board. Um, and that's a problem. The same thing's happened here and it's created it's created this dependency. Mm. And there's been this symbiotic relationship between the media and government where if something goes wrong, the media says, oh, the government should do something about it. That's a recipe for disaster because whenever the government sets them to do something, they, they create a bureaucracy that has a vested interest in failure because if they've achieved what they're set up for, there's no need for them anymore. So, you know, we've got to get back to community driving stuff and, and, uh, and, and not become reliant on government because, you know, the, the, the government organisations really, they make all this fuss about supporting volunteers, but they really detest volunteer organisations because they can't be controlled. Exactly. You <laughs> see, and, and, and that therein lies the problem. Mm. Yes. 
spot on, mate. And you can't, you know, you can't yeah. threaten to sack somebody if they're not being paid. Exactly. Exactly. And I, yeah, and that's and that's the thing, and that's the great thing you're doing, mate, with this community radio. Like, we need more of it. We need more people just, you know, putting their stuff out there. And it's great that there's still community radio. Like, even even your radio caper, like, what do you make of that over the last 30 years? I asked Jerry that question about journalism. What do you make of your caper, mate? Because they're, they're just as controlled as well. They're getting fed what to say, getting their, getting their lines spat out to them, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think the problem is that all the commercial media, the people who work in it, have all only ever been PAYE, you know, they're yeah. employees. Um, and this is where community radio is largely volunteers. And we sort of, you know, so there's people like myself who've been in small business. So we see things differently to people who have only ever worked for the man. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, so that's what's happened. Um, now, a lot of community stations uh, have pretty much followed the government narrative. Uh, and a lot of stations have been reliant on government sponsorship. Now, that's, that's dangerous. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, in Donnybrook, we've, uh, we get no council support. Uh, we should be getting some advertising support from the council because they spend money on Facebook getting stuff out. Um, but we we can't allow ourselves to become dependent on government. We, we you know that's dangerous because if you're dependent on government, they call the shots. We need to work with them. You know, community communities about government and community working together. Um, and uh, you know they they reckon the the, the people. When uh, when people are frightened of the government, that's tyranny. That's what we've been through. We need to get back to a situation where the government's frightened of the people, mm-hmm. and that's not because we're going to go after with with pitchforks. That's because you know we've got to take back this country from the corporations. One step at a time. Which is, yeah, one step at a time. Yeah, it's like like eating an elephant, isn't it? One bite at a time. <laughs> that's it. And if you look at it, you look at it. It all seems overwhelming. And and this again, Hoodie thing, you know, he says, well, you know, all the hassles or problems we faced, he said, but just remember, what you did yesterday got you today, and what you do today will get you to tomorrow. Exactly. And uh, you know, this is where this is what community is about. It's about working together. It's about talking each other up, not tearing each other down. Yes. They're they're all about creating division. First, we were divided over the over the vaxxed and the unvaxxed. And, and I, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I, I volunteered to be part of the control group in Greg Hunt's vaccine trial. Um, and then they tried to divide us over over the voice. Now, the only people who thought that was a good idea are people in Canberra. So that sort of says a lot, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and they're dividing us. I think there's a lot of debates. doesn't matter whether you're what side of the fence you're on. I think there's a lot of, of that. They, they they want humanity divided so they, they can conquer us, really, the old divide and conquer strategy. <laughs> Absolutely. and and, and they, But they've misunderstood it, you see, because they've, they're building this thing around the internet. Now, as long as you've got a website and I've got a website and I, I promote what you're doing and you promote what I do, that's how we get around the gatekeepers. So they they think they're going to control us via the internet. That's how arrogant and stupid they are. Mm. You know, they're building a system on the internet. Um, uh, but misinformation, you know, they'll like call it misinformation. <laughs> yeah, the government's been the main purveyor of it. Yep, hundred percent. Yeah, 
And you, and you look at who has invested interest in all this stuff, you know, like I was trying to say to people three years ago that the people that are telling you to do all this have invested interest in it. They aren't, they're just making money. Absolutely. Like, you, I looked into Palaszczuk. Her father owned the biggest yep. DNA data, database in the world. You look at ScoMo, he had shares in the jab companies. You look at uh, D- Dirty Danny, he, had, he was in with China. It's like <laughs> they all have invested interest in this. They're all promoting this stuff because they're all invested in it. So they're all making the money, taking it from you. That's why it's here. It's all a money grab. And it's like you just had the eyes to see. You just had to look all that up. All the information was there. Then you look at the bloke that was in Victoria, that health guy. He had invest. His sister was the uh, was on bloody the World Economic Forum. She was a board member or something. It's like, well, far out. <laughs> you know. You know. You've got to wonder. What's his name you've got Sutton. To wonder about- Someone was his name Sutton from Victoria. His sister was yeah. on the board of the World Economic Forum. Like, yeah, it's all there. You've, you've got to wonder. You got to wonder about the unions, you know, and which which from the Labor Party, but the unions didn't stand up no. for the members who who saw through this. Mm. Um, that's a bit, and, and then you know you got the likes of uh, our former leader that went from being the Labor Party. He's now in in uh, got a cushy little number with BHP. So we've got this. We've got away from a private enterprise system. We've got the capitalists and communists are in bed together. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got to get back to a private enterprise society, uh, which we used to have in Australia. Mm. And uh, I just can't understand the Liberal Party, who purport to be private enterprise people, but they've overseen conversion of Australia from a private enterprise nation to a nation of serfs to foreign multinational corporations. Mm. But, you know, we're, having, we, we're creating the new media, and mm. this is private enterprise. Yeah, we are. We are the way people will follow and we'll build something better to what's currently being served yep. up. There's someone listening, Barry, that's that's just sort of gone, oh, geez, there's some truths out there that I didn't know about. What would be your advice to that person if they're just starting to awaken to all this stuff? Good question. It is, isn't um, it? Well, yeah. Um, well, remember, the outcome will be determined by where you spend your money. Yeah, well right? said. So if, if you if uh, if you think McDonald's is a problem and Coca Cola's a problem, don't go there. Mm. Uh, you know, and and this is what will change it. Yeah, it, we live in an economic system that it's driven by where people choose to spend their money. Agreed. That's well said. And, that was an know, awesome. Yeah. You so go. our little company, Western Tourist Radio, we operate tourist radio stations in Perth and the southwest. Our website's a bit old and clunky, needs an overhaul, but I, I got to the point after 20-odd years that, you know, I'm not quite sure where I'm going with it, but it's still there. Yeah, good. And uh, it, it can be overhauled. But the, the, the thing in tourism, what happened, I, initially I was just linking to any tourism business that would link back to us and, you know, to, I, I could uh, build traffic that way. Um, but what's happened since then, you've got the, the booking.coms and all that, you know, they're coming in, they're taking 20% offshore. What mm. I've endeavoured to do with our website is to use it to connect punters direct to travellers direct to local business. And if we yeah, can do that, uh, not not commission-based, we just want to charge a little bit of money off of lots of businesses uh, and uh, and uh, encourage, uh, I guess you might say, our business model is based on providing a voice for community and small business. So That's if McDonald's awesome. come to me to advertise, I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. You know, um, our niche is to provide a voice for small business. 
and uh, and as I said, it's inspired by Aboriginal storytelling, and and mm. the, the stories of the small businesses are what make exploring regional Western Australia interesting. You know, why would you want to travel the world eating something like Kansas fried cat that's guaranteed to be the safe wherever you, same wherever you go on the face of the planet? If you're visiting the southwest of Western Australia, there's some great uh, cafes uh, and uh, producers, and it, it's it's this is my I guess you might say my passion really is to use tourism to connect farmers and eaters and people are so disconnected from their food that they don't understand it. Whereas if we get people out of the city talking to small farmers again, mm. there's a real, you know, this is, this is the private enterprise system. And, and I think there's a real opportunity for small farms, especially in the fruit and, and vegetables, mm. because those things are only fresh if they're, you know, been picked for a few days. There's no way that the supermarkets can really do that. So I think I think that we'll we'll get back to uh, you know creating an opportunity for small producers again and uh, supply direct and you know cut out these uh, these middlemen. I agree. That was an awesome chat, man. Uh, Barry, thanks for jumping on and thanks for connecting. Um, if can anyone in anywhere in the country can they listen to your community radio, or do you have to just be local to Donnybrook? Can can they jump well, on and they... listen to your old episode somewhere? Yeah, the community radio, uh, Donnybrook Community Radio, Donnybrook Bailout Community Radio, it's part of the CBAA, Community Broadcast Association Australia. You can listen to community stations via the Community Radio Plus app. Awesome. Community Radio Plus. So you can listen to any community station anywhere in Australia by then. And, oh, uh, cool. you know, if you're around Donnybrook, you'll probably come up with Donnybrook, but you can listen to them anywhere. Uh, the tourist radio, we're not streaming at this stage, but all our program is on soundcloud and i'm i'm trying to figure my way around podcasts oh, this technology's got away from me a bit i need to <laughs> need a bit of help to sort it out but oh help the, you the program <laughs> be good so if you go to our websites touristradio.com.au yep just need a bit of work but from the home page there's a link to uh to uh to club grubbery graham hood there's a yep. link to the life australia newspaper awesome there's a link to amps the australian medical professional society they don't pay me anything i just link to them because i think yeah. they're doing a good job yeah it's good and there's also there's also links to uh my a playlist of my doctors and nurses with voices oh, yeah. conversations so awesome. that's the playlist and then and a playlist of region ag conversations uh so i just encourage anybody to go there and Yep. Explore, you know, uh, there's, there's a few things need to be changed on the website. There's a few issues around SSL, which I haven't got my head around. But, uh, you know, I just have to say to myself, well, I'm not going to blow up my brain trying to figure out things. So <laughs> when the time is right, we'll do it. So. That's it. Well, we'll put a link to all that in, in the bottom for the show notes. So people that are listening to my stuff can um, have a have a listen and explore your, explore your homepage. Barry, thanks for jumping on. That was an awesome chat. I'll have to do it again soon. Um. yeah thanks for jumping on and this has been the Breaking Free Podcast I'm your host Nathan Francis this is Barry Green we'll see you guys again real soon take care and keep being the best version of yourself thanks Barry we'll, we'll talk again soon cheers <laughs>